nudity, parental discretion advised, uh, domestic violence, and uh, some cussing. Don't try this at home. Almost a decade ago, my good friend Vince came to me with an idea for a documentary film. At the time, I had no idea how profound an impact it would have on me. You ain't scared to die? Nope. Why not? It changed my ideology on faith, redemption, and forgiveness. I miss my homies that's dead. It's, it's, it's no doubt about that. But I'm more concerned with the ones that are living. Gang banging is not a lifestyle. It's a death style. What would you tell the kids out here today that are trying to get involved with gangs? I tell them, don't, don't get involved in the games because look at me. You know, I've been in a wheelchair since I was 19. It's out here, full-fledged, you know what I'm saying? That's what if you, it's like, if you ain't no gangbanger, you ain't nothing these days. If you ain't affiliated or something, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to mislead you. Vince nor I claim to be any of the G's in Gang Life to God's Life. Their stories are real and raw, as you'll see over the next six episodes. It's been nearly 10 years since Vince and I have had the privilege to sit with some true examples of forgiveness. I'm Keith Fort. Welcome to the G2G Podcast. Welcome back, or welcome, Mr. Fur, if you're a first-time listener. This is the second episode, episode two of a six-part series, the G2G Podcast. I'm Keith. I'm your host, and thank you for listening. I hope the stories that we selected this week uh, from the soon-to-be-released documentary Gang Life to God's Life move you the way they did me. So please take a second and subscribe. Hit the subscribe button, download the episode, and tell everybody you know about the podcast because this podcast is all about forgiveness. When you subscribe, it gives us the, the chance to to keep you informed when the next episode's coming out. So it's really important that uh, you do subscribe so that we can let you know when uh, when we're going to be making updates. It'll it'll be weekly, but you'll get an email in your in your box that'll uh, keep you up to date on things. I'd like to thank my co-host Vince for coming out and braving the braving the traffic for me with me tonight. <laughs> How you doing, Key? Oh, I'm doing well, man. How you doing, brother? I'm doing okay, man. God is good. God is good, you know? It's good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. Same here, man. And, you know, I just want to say, man, you look like you're losing more weight, Keith. I'm trying. Yeah, you're doing a good job, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm trying. I'd like to thank, I'd like to take an opportunity to thank uh, for the, the the folks that contributed to the introduction. Uh, my son, Aaron. Don't try this at all. <laughs> That's the one. He was about three then. That was oh, 19 years ago. He's going on 22. I'd like to thank uh, rap artist Manjiza. He is the one who did the voicing and the comical voices uh, for the disclaimer. That was recorded probably about 10, 12 years ago. Same time the, the other one was recorded, maybe 18 years ago. And Clee Sloan, Bone. He's in the documentary here. You're hearing a lot of clips from him. But he is a producer on the, on the documentary film. And he gave us a couple of clips uh, to use in the intro. That's right, man. Uh, his his documentary, Bastards of the Party. That Bastards of the Party was so good, it was picked up by HBO. So yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen the documentary, Bastards of the Party. But if you haven't seen it, I highly encourage you to uh, try to find it on Netflix or uh, YouTube or, some, or something out there. I tell you, when you told me about it and turned me on to it, it... it, it I had family that were gangbangers, you know, they were gang members, but it, it uh, there's a whole other perspective that you get told about how it all started and how it all came out of the uh, the the 
the, the civil rights movement. That's right. That's, it's a pretty amazing story. It's a, it's a very amazing story, and I'm. I just want to give a big shout out to Bone for even being part of G to G Gang Life to God's Life. He came in and he blessed us with his uh, his professionalism and you know how how we need to direct it and yeah he made us step our game up because he yeah, brought he, sure he brought professional and he brought a lot of the people we wouldn't have half the interviews that we have if it wasn't for Bone and we want to thank him for that. That's right because Gang Life to God Life this documentary is absolutely without a doubt a must see documentary. Uh, I think you guys will absolutely enjoy it and. It, What's coming up next, Keith, on the next episode, in this episode, rather, uh, we're talking more about the mentality and, and, and the madness of the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just listen to this next guy coming up. This is uh, Barefoot Pookie. We didn't start, you know, by how they're doing it now. We didn't start by that. We started by protecting our own neighborhoods. As a matter of fact, we were fighters, straight street fighters. And uh, the whole world was wrong, and we were right. And, and we're right by might, and right ruled, strength ruled, power will. The will to power that ruled, and everything else, they were enemies, like the Apaches, that's the very name, it means enemy. And to me, my neighborhood, and I know this mentality is, uh, is, is connecting with a lot of the fellas out there, they feel the very same way. Their hood, their neighborhood is, um, is, the, is supreme. No one can come in, they have to guard it, protect it, but really behind it, Vince, is uh, their their security and their meaning, their meaning for existence. We need that. And that was the hood. That's why it's so strong. That's why people will die, take bullets, go to prison for the neighborhood. And really, they don't even, they don't even own the neighborhood. They just live there. You know, standing on a neighborhood that I didn't own a piece of grass on, man. Standing in front of a liquor store that, okay, this is my store, this is our store, you know. And flying a flag for a neighborhood, you know, and, and, and not knowing all the garbage behind it. You know, I thought this is what it is, you know. Um, you don't mess with me and my homies, you know, got caught up in that madness. And that's just what it is, Keith. Madness. Madness. Madness, right? These guys were teenagers talking about, oh, this is my hood, this is my neighborhood, like they own the property. And and they're teenagers, they don't even, they don't own none of that. Some of them grew up and had the same problem, but flying a flag for a neighborhood that they don't own a piece of grass in. When you're growing up in like, an environment hostile like this, you grew up around a lot of bullies. You know, these niggas is bullies, you know? And then you not, then as you not knowing, as you knowing them and growing with them, in order for you to be safe, you didn't became a bully, not knowing, that's why they're not trying to bully you. You feel what I mean? And then you get stuck in a state of mind where it become a pride thing, you know what I mean? Where this is who I am now. I'm, 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 I'm dirty care. Niggas gonna respect those kids. You know what I mean? And at any time they didn't respect Dirty Care, I made them respect Dirty Care. And all the times wasn't no good endings. You feel what I mean? To where I got to say thank you, Lord, for letting me be here today and blessing us. You know what I mean? Blessing me and his brother. Because there's times in my life that I felt like that you could, you can easily just snap and lose it and let it go if you let your pride get in the way. You feel what I mean? And see, nobody never taught us about not letting your pride get in the way. I grew up around people that had pride. You know what I mean? They was, this, this is what it is. You know, I, I grew up with some of the, the, the raw doggish niggas. I was probably 12, running with niggas that was 17, 18. And then none of them niggas, and I really mean this from the heart, about four or five of them out of probably 40 or 50 of them is on the streets today. I had, um, like I said, we were, I was involved in a gang in Houston that used to call the uh, Hardest Street Gang. 
uh, and that was during the prejudice time. But when I came up here, it was a different story. Uh, our people mostly was fighting our own people, you know, and and uh, and our own top of uh, dealing with white people too, also. During this period of time, during that 16, 17-year-old period of time, I became real frustrated with different races because it seems like when you're in the uh, judicial system, everybody clicks up, gangs up, whatever. So at that time, in the uh, late 70s, the whole thing of gangs for white guys was the American Nazi Party. You know, from there on, started, you know, started stabbing people, fighting with the brothers, fighting with Mexicans. It just it started early, you know. I've been doing it since I was 13. That's 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 what I knew. Got out here running from the white Ku Klux Klans. Then come out here and had to run from the black Ku Klux Klans. Mm. That was from the Bloods and the Crips. When I moved in this neighborhood, I had to fight every blood over here. All of them. Then had to fight all the Crips every day that I went to school. You know. But thank God I'm still here. Thank God, man. That's... You know, it, it amazes me when I hear these guys talk about racism in in the uh, in the gang life, the guy's life uh, documentary. Because a lot of these crimes, Keith, not only were against color, but we're fighting our own color. Yeah, blacks fighting blacks, Mexicans fighting Mexicans. It's socioeconomic more than it's racial. It's more about money and about a fight for resources than it is. Uh, uh, than it is a, a race issue when it's when it's when it's on the ground like that because those are jobs those aren't clubs right 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 that's an industry somebody has set up that's not a it's not a it's not a plaything that's why they take it as seriously as they do right right but it's just that part right now because the last guy that just spoke that was Willie Jap this guy wait till you guys see the documentary because oh, this guy's a man. character right and he says I, I, when I got out here I had to fight what do you say the black the Black Ku Klux Klan. That's it. <laughs> the Bloods and the Crips. They had the same. They had the same mentality as the as the Ku Klux Klan. They looked at you as an enemy, as a combatant, and as an enemy, and they were going to kill you because of economics. Because of economics. So the they, the socioeconomic system in the neighborhoods that gangs and this kind of violence is prevalent in, they go have they go hand in hand. The schools are run down. Uh, there's no after-school programs. And like we've talked about in the first uh, episode, if you're not giving your kids attention because you're working all the time... Somebody else is. And we'll be right back. Don't forget, we have a big election coming up Tuesday. If you haven't registered to vote, you can do so at the polls, take your ID, and talk to the polling official. We owe a special thanks to... 20 very select and special friends that uh, we gave the information to. We we did a pre-release last week, and I sent links to 20 people, and those 20 people turned their 20 listeners into 200 downloads in 48 hours. So I don't know who you called or who you contacted or what friends you told, but thank you because that's, that's uh, a testimony to how powerful this information is. Thank you very much for getting out there and putting the work in. Uh, there were also some comments, but by the time I got to my computer, they were gone. I didn't get to print them out, and I apologize. I want to thank 
my Facebook family and friends or my friends on fa- friends and family on Facebook because I'm a Facebook junkie. I'd like to thank Ari. I'd like to thank Cliff, April, and Bernard for your comments because they're really encouraging. Next week, I'll take screenshots when I see them, so I'll have them with me to read during this time period. Also next week, I'm going to have some featured music from Astro Music. Uh, it's some of the best smooth jazz you're going to hear on the internet. You'll be able to use that music for anything you want. If it's songs you just like, you want to listen to, put them in your collection. If you're looking for music for uh, for something uh, that you're working on and you need music for, check out the collection. He's got a ton, probably 10 or 15 albums of material from decades of playing music. So uh, make sure you take the take the time and uh, check that that's going to be uh, next week during this commercial break. Also, hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, because this podcast is all about forgiveness. We'll be right back. And that's how, like, I say neighborhoods became hoods. You know what I'm saying? Neighborhood is family. You know, neighborhood is, is educational structure that, 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 that really, really, from the school all the way to the house, they try to help and try to provide kids with some alternative, with some, with, 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 to get them ready for the future. That's what a neighborhood is about. A neighborhood is, is about the lady next door taking care of you. A neighborhood is about you going to the store and getting stuff on credit and coming back and paying. That's what a neighborhood is, is about, you know what I mean? And this would happen, I think, in LA, neighborhoods went from neighborhoods to hoods. You know, hoods is no economic resources. So brothers start selling crack, selling weed, selling whatever. The hood is uneducated. Because we ain't going to school, because the schools, the streets is our school. You see what I'm saying? The hood is division. I ain't saying nothing to those people's kids. You know what I mean? I'm gonna call the police. That's how neighborhood becomes hoods. The division comes across these communities, and that's going on all across this country. And it's been going on for over like 40 something years in our community. We went from the tightest knit community to leaving our doors open, and families, you know, used to have. What's the rent parties and all kinds of stuff? You didn't make your rent, you know, it's a party. You know what I mean? I remember as a kid, people was partying me over rent. You know what I mean? Because they trying to make this rent. They were charging the door, trying to make the next man's rent. I remember my mom them doing it. That's neighborhood. You know what I mean? But then they went from neighborhood to hood. You're on your own, but they put these bars up, walk past you, don't say nothing. And that's where the division comes from. And I think kids started just gravitating to their Neighborhood corporation, their neighborhood safe haven, their neighborhood, you know what I mean, safety net, which is blood, crib, whatever your neighborhood is. And it came from going from the neighborhood to the hood, you know. You ever hear on yeah. Niggas don't go back to the neighborhood, they're going back to the hood. They're going to the hood, we're in the hood, and that's why we went from the neighborhood to hood. You know, Vince, uh, I, I say this podcast is about forgiveness a lot, and I want to, I want to clarify what I mean when I say that. Uh, I'm talking about uh, the forgiveness that I that I, I I feel when I watch the testimonies of these guys that had it much worse than I did. I, I you know uh, when you met me, I talked about it last week. When you met me, I was on the I was healing from a nervous breakdown. Uh, it was 1997. I was diagnosed and taken off work. I was off work for a year and put on about 15 different medications. Uh, it was bad, and. And I was raised in a household. I was raised in Lapuani, so I was raised in a rough neighborhood. So I understand the stories they're talking about. I usually saw them firsthand. But I was raised in a house with a very caring father and a very caring mother. And they 
did their best to take care of me. And when you see the system as broken as our system is, and you see the socioeconomic strain on on the the less fortunate uh, in our society, I think that's half the problem that that we're having that 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 exacerbates gang problems and, and these types of problems, as people are depressed and or or or. or suffering from anxiety and stress and they don't know it. A lot of people, Keith, are, are suffering from depression, anxiety, mental illness. And, and, and unless somebody like myself who's, had, who's been through it, who's, I mean, I, I gained 160 pounds on, on prescription medication because it wasn't solving the problem. It was masking the problem. And every time I come up against the wall again, they just increase the, the dosage. So I wasn't healing myself. And, and I had to understand that forgiveness, forgiveness for the few parents, my parents made mistakes, everybody's parents did, but I was wallowing in the mistakes they made instead of celebrating how they kept me out of prison and how they kept me out of the trouble that, that these stories that I got the privilege of, of recording and filming and sharing People get caught up in the definition as opposed to the act. And forgiveness is 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 more than one-sided, two-sided, or three-sided. You have to forgive yourself. You know, the Bible, I'm not a religious person, and, and I want to make that clear. But even in the Bible, Jesus talks about, you know, when you did prayer, it says, uh, forgive me for trespassing against you, and forgive me for, I forgive you for trespassing against me. It's it's a it's a two-way street. And and when, you, when you're looking at hardened criminals, m- murderers, and people that did things because of the circumstances that the, that they were in. Bone talked about that. You know, when they see a person in prison, he's not the same person as he was outside of prison, because that evil of whatever you want to call it—the devil, bad spirit, juju, whatever—has got that person, and they they weren't themselves, and they made a bad mistake. Absolutely. And forgiveness is the only thing that's going to get us past this this obstacle that keeps us so separated, because. We use those, those disadvantages to label people of all colors and genders to, to uh, keep them subdued and keep them, uh, I don't know. Now, you, you're hitting on something that's very vital right now, Keith. Uh, in our society right now, what's, what's especially going on today, um, forgiveness is the only way to move forward, and a lot of people are keeping that bottled up inside them. And when you keep, you keep, when you don't forgive people, and you keep it bottled up inside you, you become depressed. It festers, and 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 then that depression turns into a, a mental illness. Dude, it's almost like a it, it's it's like a human centipede. Absolutely. So, forgiveness is is something you must do to heal yourself from the inside to help you from being depressed and, and, and having that mental illness so you can move forward well, you can't, with your life. Yeah, you, can't, you can't be an example to anybody else when you're mentally in, unstable. And mm-hmm. mental illness is, you know, depression and, and schizophrenia and all these are, are illnesses. And, and, oh, and anxiety, for years, anxiety, anxiety the, all of these things that were thought, most of, most of if you didn't have uh, schizophrenia or some type of clinical, uh, what they considered a clinical mental illness, you were just depressed, get up and, and get over it. And that it doesn't work that way because you're talking about chemistry in a person's brain that, that doesn't, 
that that's that's being uh, that that isn't operating properly. The medication tries to help you to do that, but if you don't get to the root of the problem, and if you don't find out how to forgive yourself for all the bad shit you've done, excuse my French, and forgive people for the bad stuff they've done to you, and then keep that forgiveness going, then we're caught in a we're caught in a human centipede, and we're never going to see anything get any better. You know, Keith, I just want to say just uh, real quick, if there's anybody out there um, that's suffering right now from uh, depression, anxiety, or, or some sort of, of mental illness, there's a great website. It's called NAMI. It's uh, org. NAMI.org. I, uh, I suggest you go to this website, look at that, check out the information on it. There's great resources, then, and it'll help you identify maybe so what your problems are because there, there, are, there are places on the website that address multiple types of mental illness, and they treat each one like a disease it is, and there's no stigma attached to it. You need to find out what the problem is so that you can deal with it. It's, it's, it's that simple. Absolutely. Forgiveness. You have to forgive in order to move on. And if you don't forgive so you can move on, you're probably going to suffer from some type of anxiety or some type of depression, some type of mental illness that that you don't want to keep bottled up into you. As it just keeps getting worse until you deal with it. But thank you for bringing up that website. That's an important place. If you're having problems, get some help. If you don't go there, talk to somebody. Leave a comment here and we'll try to find you, lead you in the right direction for someone to talk to. Because that's the most important thing. Is to, is to talk to someone about it. Absolutely. Again, that's www.nami.org, and the telephone number is 1-800-950-6264. Sorry we got off topic, but uh, uh, it's a, pro- a personal note that's a very important thing to me, and I really think that it exacerbates half the problems that we see on the streets today. And we're going to leave on that note right now. We want to thank you for listening and thank you for tuning in again this week with us. Next week, we'll be back with another clip. And uh, this is what we'll be talking about next week. Uh, the, the name of the episode is uh, Carry a Name. And we'll be talking about some of the things that these people went did to be able to carry a street name. They said that I tried to burn Ronald Reagan alive when he was a governor at the Biltmore Hotel. I beat that one. He goes for real, now. The feds are nothing for you. So I, I left, and that's how we started the club, because I was hiking. Stockton Avenue at 114th, walking straight into the Nixon Bar. Straight into the Nixon Bar. The man we roll. Please don't forget to subscribe. Hit that subscription button in the corner. Download the episode. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your enemies, because this podcast is all about forgiveness. We'll see you next week.